You are listening to the IBC Podcast, your international baseball career guide. Play ball! Now, here's your host, David Burns. Hey guys, it's episode number 39, and today I have Kyron Madison on the podcast. Uh, he spent the last couple of years in the French Elite League as a coach for Paris University Baseball Club, and he has since been promoted to uh, a pitching coach for the national team so a lot of good input in this story uh, he has a professional background um, made it as far as AAA and and uh, now he's you know gone to study actually in Paris at Paris University to get his master's degree and uh, he ended up playing uh, and coaching baseball in France and now he's you know able to make a little money on the side while he's studying so it's definitely a different route to take your career it's an interesting story a lot of great information he goes into depth about uh, what baseball is like there and also the opportunities for others to do the same and we get into visas and also his coaching philosophy and, and how he's had to kind of adapt to what baseball is like in Europe as compared to back in the States and what he was used to. And he's done a great job. He's taken that club from the middle of the pack to the top of the league. And uh, so listen for that. And also at the end of the podcast episode, there's some interesting information about another guy, another gentleman that's uh, playing overseas in Brisbane right now. And he has quite a unique story himself. And once again, the Mimewood Bat giveaway is uh, present in this episode so listen for the question partway through the episode it's the fifth of six questions for a free wood bat by mime wood bats so listen for that as well so without further ado let's get on with episode number 39 with kyron madison today's podcast episode is brought to you by mine wood bats handcrafted by italian beechwood and engineered to perfection where artful design and rigorous science meet, from the forest to the field, Mime Wood Bats delivers excellence. Kyron, welcome to the podcast. Hey. Thanks, right thanks for having me. I appreciate you taking time, especially right now, because I know you're in the midst of, of playoffs. Uh, so we'll we'll dive into the, the season and where you are right now in a little bit, but why don't we start off with your uh, your baseball background? And then how it led to your current role, I believe, as general manager of uh, Paris University. I'm not sure the, the name of your club, but it's the Par- Paris University Baseball Club. Um, my, my background, uh, uh, I'm from South Carolina, and I went to college. I played at East Carolina, and uh, after, East, after college, I Signed as a non-draft free agent with the Kansas City Royals, and I was fortunate enough to uh, play for nine professional uh, seasons. And I had stints all over the world. Uh, I should say I played uh, also with the Cleveland Indians and the Los Angeles Dodgers, and then I played in Taiwan in 2009 and and played uh, some winter ball over in Latin America. And I played some. Uh, I had a few stints with some ind- independent teams in the U.S. And uh, when when I when me and my wife wanted to go back to to college and uh, pursue our master's degree, uh, Paris was a, a good central place to come. And we also had family here. And once we decided to to come to Paris, my brother introduced me to the Paris University Club and. 
it was kind of perfect timing. The the head coach then, Jeff Stokel, was was moving back to the U.S. and uh, the opportunity kind of came at, at the right time for me. Wow, that that does work out. That it looks like it's uh, destiny there. So yeah, I, I did take a look at on Baseball Reference at, at your background. It looks like you did hop around quite a bit, so you got to see a lot of the U.S. and other parts of the world. Uh, looks like you were even up in my neck of the woods in in Canada for a little bit. Um, so yeah, so it's been quite the experience. And now this is your first time over in Europe involved with baseball. But that it sounds like that wasn't the reason you came. You came uh, to study, and then uh, you kind of found this gig as the the GM or and I guess coach uh, of the Paris team. Yes, that's that's great. So how long have you been doing that now? Uh, this is my second season. Uh, last year was quite a quite an experience because it's totally different from the U.S. when it comes to uh, I guess how the everything is structured with the with the games, to the practices, and uh, just like uh, last year, for example, uh, uh, my team half my team didn't live in Paris, so. Uh, I, I, they worked out with other teams during the weekend, and then they came up to, to Paris on the weekends to play with us on Sunday. So those different dynamics what I was used to, but and it took an adjustment. But it also, uh, at the same time, makes you more creative and kind of get you outside the comfort zone and outside the box of what you're used to and playing uh, organized ball in the U.S. Yeah, it's definitely a, a whole different thing over here in Europe um, so yeah that sounds very familiar players coming from all around and just playing on the weekends and practicing somewhere else and that's a very familiar story to me uh, playing here in Austria and with our club um, so are, are all the players I well it sounds like most of the players aren't with the university then so how does that work with the university and, and the club uh, actually, the Paris University Club is just a club ball team, and it's it's not linked to any college or anything. And it's been around. It's been a, it's been around for a long time. But, uh, okay, so it's, it's, it's almost. I think it, they had a anniversary back here uh, last year. Maybe I don't, don't want to say a hundred years, but it's, it's been around for for a while, for at least fifty years. Yeah, and. Uh, and what it is, like, most of the, the, the teams in the French League are club teams. Mm-hmm. And um, most of the time they're, they're funded by either the government of the city or by boosters or by sponsors. And then they go and uh, players pay a license and have to pass a physical. And and, uh, and most of the time within a club team they have at least, like, with, with our, our organization we have at least five teams. Uh, one team at the elite level got a a, a team two that's at, that's at the national one level, mm-hmm. and it goes like a domino effect, and uh, and you kind of get guys from all over. Yeah, most so guys we have are uh, kind of scattered out, and uh, with my team we have a few, we have quite a bit of uh, diversity. I have uh, uh, Cuban, uh, Dominican Republic, Venezuelan. Uh, Nicaragua, uh, Americans, so and French players. So I have a, I have a, a good diverse on my team. Yeah, I see that when I look at the roster that I found online, 
Uh, there's definitely guys from, from, yeah, I see Venezuela as well. And, yeah, a couple of Americans, including yourself. Um, so th do you find that's pretty consistent throughout the league? I've looked through some of the rosters, and there, there weren't as, a, as many Americans as I thought there would be. It seemed like there were uh, kind of a mixture. There was some Venezuelans and Japanese players, uh, a couple Dutch players as well. Uh, so they're coming from all over the place. Uh, so what, what's your take on that? Do you feel like most clubs are looking for Americans uh, or, or is it just uh, two or three clubs that bring in American players? Well, a lot of it depends on the relationship the, the GM and the coach have with, with, uh, with resources outside of France. Uh, I think uh, a lot of them from, from, from getting information from players and other coaches, a lot of them prefer to, to get Americans because for us it's a, it's a little bit easier for us a visa situation compared to uh, with guys coming from Venezuela. They have a little bit more difficult time getting their visa to come over. So mm -hmm. they have a lot more uh, paperwork you have to do. But for as American, we can come over as a as a vacation uh, visa so we don't have to do any extensive uh, paperwork to get to come over to play. Yeah. And uh Actually, the league is, is starting to get a little bit known. Uh, just for example, I got a guy first from the uh, the 2013 UCLA championship team. And I think a lot of it depends on the coach, the the, the manager, and the, G, the ETGM uh, of having good resources and knowing where to go find players. And and biggest thing is with me, I try to be honest about how it is. And, and, and so, so they... They not come over here, especially for Americans. They not come over here thinking it's gonna be like playing in the U.S. Uh, I, I let them know exactly what to expect and how it is. And, and biggest thing is, is, is the opportunity to travel the world and, and, and step outside the box and, and still at the end of the day you're doing something that you love to do. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. And I, I like your approach, and that's that's my approach with the website. Is that's part of the reason I created the website is because I noticed a lot of guys were coming over to Europe with different expectations and then were disappointed and sometimes ended up going home early. And so, so that's definitely the right approach as a coach or, or GM uh, trying to bring over an American is you just need to provide as much information up front so they know what they're getting into. So, so I like that approach and I, I definitely think, um, you know, I'm not 100% sure with the visa requirements uh, in France, but it's been my impression that most uh, most Americans can come on a three-month uh, travel visa. Uh, so that presents yeah. a problem with finishing out the season. Um, so I, you know, I know there's alternative ways around that as well, and and different different countries in Europe have. Um, you know, more relaxed laws as far as staying past that deadline or getting an extension or whatever. So, do you have any knowledge about the visas with France and, and are do, do they provide extensions or uh, are you able to speak about? Uh, that? Well, actually, with France, it's pretty it's pretty relaxed as well. Uh, we don't have to like once the player get here, we don't have to do any type of more paperwork. To extend them, like uh, for example, uh, my American guy when he, when he uh, when we bought his flight to come over, we we scheduled a flight for September, and he came in March. So uh, we don't have, we didn't have any problems. Uh, as far as the Venezuelans, it's a little different, a little different dynamic. Uh, they have to they have uh, paperwork, and when they buy their flight, they they can't buy their flight 
uh, when they purchase their flight, uh, they can't see that it's expensive for six months. They have to, to, to buy for us, uh, one month and then you have to go back to the drum board and provide the paperwork, say he's here working mm-hmm. and it's okay. And then you go and, uh, change the date of the flight once everything get approved from the, uh, from the, the, uh, the visa, the yeah. visa at the airport. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Yeah, because I know in in other parts of Europe they're very strict with that across the board. Ameri- like I know in in the Netherlands, uh, they're very strict with that. So you wouldn't be able to buy a return flight six months later without a, a working yeah. visa. Um, so that does present a problem. But I've heard France is rela- quite relaxed with that. Um, and I know most of Europe is quite relaxed with that. So, uh, yeah. and a lot of clubs just buy a one-way ticket there, uh, and then buy, yeah. it and and then they, you know, because it's kind of open-ended then. Um, and I do know Canadians and Australian baseball players have um, working holiday relationships. You know, their countries have those relationships where Canadians and Australian baseball players or Canadians and Australians in general could come and and work and live in most of Europe uh for 6 months or sorry uh, up to a year or or sometimes even 2 years uh on a, what they call working holiday um so any Canadians or Australian baseball players that are listening to this or any uh, any other um club managers in in France might be interested in this as well uh looking into that cuz that also makes it a little easier um in importing players as well so good that's good information good to know because i wasn't quite sure how it worked there uh, every country is a little different and i know in, in austria we haven't had any problems with that but uh, you never know when they start clamping down on that so uh perfect so what, how would you describe like well first of all what is the weekly schedule like uh with your club so how many times per week are, are you practicing and then when are the games uh, the, the, the normal week is, uh, here at the peak, uh, we try to get in at least two practices a week, uh, three per fair. Uh, this year we was able to, with the weather, uh, was, was on our side, we was able to get an average of three practices a week and then additional, uh, uh, weightlifting. So about four practices a week and then we play, uh, a doublehead on Sunday, every Sunday. Mm-hmm. The league has uh, two nine-inning games, and they start at 11 o'clock. And then the second game starts uh, about 30 minutes after the first game. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a difficult. I mean, just having two games on, on, on Sunday, it can be challenging with the players. It's kind of simpler. So uh, my goal and my job is to try to get, to get these guys as much game-like repetition during the week so by the weekend they can feel comfortable and, and feel prepared and be ready to be ready to go yeah yeah that's the, definitely the challenge with this weekend baseball system uh in europe is is you know that that long break in between games and and not seeing any live live pitches or anything like that so that's one of the the major differences coming over here it's time for the Mime Wood Bat giveaway question, which is the fifth of six questions for the free Mime Wood Bat giveaway. The Rouen Huskies of the French Elite League have been the most dominant team in that league the past decade. The Regensburg Ligonier have also been the most dominant club in the past decade, arguably, of the German Bundesliga. And Drachy Bruno have been the most dominant club of the Czech Elite League. Which of these three clubs 
have won 17, or actually, sorry, 18 of the last 19 championships within their respective league. Submit your answer to that question to internationalbaseballcommunity at gmail.com with the subject heading E39. Uh, so there's eight teams in the league, and uh, how would you find the league? Is it as far as um, competition? Is it fairly close from top to bottom, or, or is there quite a spread from from the top teams to the bottom teams as far as level of play? Uh, this uh, last year, I, uh, this is my first year here, but I, I've seen the level of play go up like maybe two levels, especially among the top teams. Uh, this year was a little. Uh, it was a, it was stronger as, as a whole. We had two teams that, that finished the, the last two teams that kind of had a, a slow start, but I saw both of those teams get better as the year went on and actually ended up beating some teams that was in the middle. And uh, actually the last place team ended up beating the team that finished first place later on in the season. So uh, the level of play and the, and the parity of the teams got a lot better, as it's, especially from – uh, 2013 season to this year, mm-hmm. and a good example of that: uh, uh, two teams from our league, Juan and Sinar, went to the European Championship and uh, and, and fared well. I know Juan fared pretty well, and they both uh, beat teams from uh, the Italy league. And that was a for me that was that was a good good indication that our league is getting a little better. And yep. That's what we we try to strive for. And me as uh, American coming over, I, that's why I want I want the league to to improve and 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 these guys they compete at a high level. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's the the French league is you know they they do fare, especially the top teams in the league do fare well across the European board. I've noticed. Um, so it's, and but I what was interesting to me when I looked at the standings for this year is. Um, you know, Rouen, Rouen, Rouen was not at the uh, top. Rouen, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I should have that French thing down a little better as a Canadian, but I don't. No, it's, it's okay, man. It's just, it took me a while. <laughs> uh, well, I noticed they're not in the top of the league where they usually are. I know they've won 10 of the, the last 11 years or something like that. And, and now your club is actually at the top and you're tied with, uh, who are you tied with at the moment? Montpellier. Uh, Montpellier and Montpellier was towards the bottom last year. I noticed so. So, like you said, there's you know it's a pretty strong league from top to bottom, and, and it looks like it's even um, more competitive than uh, this year than, than maybe any previous years. So, uh, currently you're down to the semifinals, and you're going to be playing Rouen uh, pretty soon in the semifinals. Yeah, it was start this weekend. It'll be it'll be a good be a good challenge for us, and they've obviously. You know they're gonna be ready to go. They've been there, done that. They won it for the last eight years in a row. So mm-hmm. it'd be a good time for us. Uh, we've been working hard, and we'll see what happens just starting this weekend. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 good to see that they they've got some teams that are going to give them a good run for their money, and and uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what happens there. And, and best of luck to you there. Um, Appreciate it. With with. Are you able to talk about uh, compensation with not necessarily yourself, but uh, with just imports in general? Uh, you know, I, I bring this up on pretty much every podcast episode, but you know, uh, is it typically just the return flight, and uh, they're provided with uh, 
what what sort of accommodations do you provide the American players with, and what what sort of salary range can someone expect uh, coming to play baseball in France? Uh, here uh, with 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 us, and I think it's about the same for around the league. But what we do, we provide uh, players around anywhere from five hundred to six hundred euro a month, mm-hmm. and the flight is uh, is taken care of by the team. And uh, here we we also accommodate their housing for the season, so mm-hmm. uh, it kind of helps with 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 whatever bills they have. Uh, but and they also the transportation uh, here in Paris, you have the metro system, and we, they provide the the metro pass, and you can get all over around Paris to and from practice by the metro system. So uh, that's how everything is set up here, and. Um, it's not. It's not. Uh, I always tell players, it's, it's not like you're making a major league salary. But if you if you manage your money right and and budget right, you sh- you should be okay. At, I mean, a lot of times it's just at, at in general you have to stay within your your budget. But I don't think five hundred, six hundred is that bad where you can't still uh, enjoy Paris or be able to travel around and see see the city. Yeah, definitely, especially with uh, your accommodations taken care of. And five, six hundred euro, we're talking, you know, seven, eight hundred dollars a month. So I mean, you yeah. you can definitely make that make that last you throughout the month if you're careful. And I, I'm assuming Paris is probably a little more expensive than some other some other locations within the French league. But uh, yeah. I think that if you're careful, you can do it. Are there any income earning opportunities? Like, is it possible to maybe like Tutor English or umpire baseball or something like that to make a little money on the side. Uh, that's that's the thing I, I've been trying to, uh, personally trying to figure out because me I'm always trying to help players. Either I, I like for them to be comfortable, man. Like coming this far from home, I like them to be comfortable, and I think that's that goes back to what we was speaking about earlier. When you're trying to make money on the side, that's when you go go into the you got to have a work visa to, to to make money over here, and so uh, that's where you kind of get caught up in the paperwork and the visa situation. Yeah. And if, uh, uh, for instance, like if let's say if a player was proactive and he was able to to get a, a working visa, he would be able to to work a part time job and be able to make some more money on the side. But without having that visa, it'd be difficult because. Uh, I had a few. I had a player last year. He tried to get hired by an uh, English teaching uh, company, and and they wasn't willing to sponsor his visa. So, kind of ran that situation where yeah. he couldn't work with them because of the visa. Yeah, definitely. I think there's quite a cost to them to sponsor somebody. So, I think your yeah. best to bet best bet is if you want to play in France is to. Try to try to get that working visa ahead of time, and I think once you have that working visa, I think a lot of clubs would be very interested in bringing you over. Because, uh, sorry, I, I meant to ask you this earlier, but this is a good time. How how many uh, imports are allowed on the field are on a, at a time? So potentially, like if you if you brought over two imports and that was the extent of your your club's budget, but a third import was willing to come over, like pay his flight and 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 work over there. He had a working visa. Uh, I'm assuming you would probably welcome with arms arms wide open. Uh, yeah, uh, here you can have uh, like on the roster. When I turn in the roster, you can have 
uh, for a game, you can have four four foreigners on the roster, and you can only have three on the field at one time. Mm-hmm. And uh, currently, we have five, can't include me because I I still uh, get on the mound and pitch, uh, try to come in and pitch a little bit sometimes. We have five, uh, actually one, another foreign player, actually two of my uh, foreigners, they live here now and they work, and so uh, they just still count foreign in the league. And so that kind of, that's very beneficial for us. So now all we had to bring over was two foreigners mm-hmm. from uh, from outside of France. So it kind of was beneficial for the uh, budget-wise of flights and all that stuff. But if you, I mean, you can only have four on the roster. You can have as many as you want, but only four can be on the roster at a time. Mm-hmm. So you get in the rules and it's, it's kind of difficult. When, so it's, actually there's no need to have more than four or five unless you have an injury or something something like that happen. Yeah. Well, I was I was looking through through the rosters of of the different clubs in the league, and uh, most of them had maybe three, four. Uh, foreign players on the roster and a couple had only two so I mean if you could have three on the field at a time and and uh, I guess what I'm getting at is if somebody qualified for a working visa ahead of time prior to making any arrangement with the club uh, I think that would just strengthen their case for getting on with the club in France because budgets are are probably pretty tight and and uh, so that I think that's a route someone could go so it's nice to know that that you know they could field three at a time so so that provides a little room especially with one of those clubs that are going to be playing in the european cup uh they definitely want to maximize those those import roster spots as well um yeah so can and, you know i'm sorry with, I, with me i want to touch another note with me it was beneficial for the people to hire me as a, the coach because i was a student so yeah. with a student i was able to have a working visa a student working visa so that 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 definitely was a, a big load off their shoulders prior to Jeff. Jeff was uh, just here to coach and Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it took a long time for him to get a visa, uh a working visa over here. So it definitely was a, a benefit for them that I was a student, so I was allowed to get my working visa. I, I was allowed to work because I'm a student. Yeah, for sure. And that's just another option for somebody that's that's still, you know, considering studying uh, could always yeah. come over to anywhere in Europe uh, in one of these major major cities there's going to be a ball club in every one and if you come over and, and maybe study and come over on a student visa you're going to get snapped up for sure by by a club there's no doubt about it because they, they want the the, yeah. the breadth of the knowledge that Americans bring with them and especially with your experience playing nine seasons of pro ball coming over that uh, I think they were pretty pretty happy to see you walk onto the field so how do they find out about you or you approach them Actually, yeah, you already mentioned somebody. Somebody from the university kind of hooked you up with them. Uh, my my brother, my brother's been living in Paris for twelve years, and actually, he he has uh, dual citizenship, mm-hmm. and he's actually the uh, quarterback for the American football team for France. But uh-huh. he told me about uh, a team in Paris, and so because uh, I, I I know being in school, I had to find a way to uh, make some money. Yeah. When, when both me and my wife in school, and he told me about the Paris, uh, the Paris organization, and he, he ended up calling and, and got a hold of Olivier, the president, and they had a meeting, and I believe it was kind of everything fell in place after that. No, that's it perfect. Was, it was, 
So is that why he cool. came over? Was to play football, or were for other reasons? And and same story. Yeah, he came. He came over only just to play American football back in two thousand and one, and ended up he played for the Tempe, mm-hmm. and he ended up loving it, and ended up meeting his wife here, and now he has a beautiful family, two lovely daughters, and he's been living here uh, since uh, permanently since like two thousand and seven. Wow, that's that's great. That's a cool story. Sounds a lot like me. <laughs> that's what I'm doing over here. But it wasn't yeah. wasn't football. It was baseball. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to take too much of your time, but can you just tell me a little bit about uh, the lifestyle, living in Paris and playing playing baseball and studying? You know, like I'm sure a lot of the guys listening, uh, you know, that just sounds like a dream to them. So can you just tell us a little bit about what it's like living in Paris? Oh man, it's, Paris is, is definitely. Is what it's hyped up to be, and for me, like my brother always give me the, the the advice to to try. If you're gonna come to Paris, live like the Parisians. Don't don't be like the tourists. Like try to do as much as you can with the Parisians and get mm-hmm. the full culture uh, understanding. And it's it's been an awesome experience, man. Like it's been very enriching uh, learning about this. Just, uh, in the U.S., we, we're always on the go. We, it's it's kind of like you're, you're caught up in the rat race. Yeah. And compared to the lifestyle over here, they slow everything down. They take their time. They they believe in having leisure. Uh, and then one thing I learned last year with with the players, like you better give them their vacation time or it's going gonna, it's gonna to be some problems in the season. <laughs> but I, I, that's, that's something you have to plan for and with, when you're doing the schedule. Uh, that's something me and Olivier really put our minds together and work to where we can have a good break at a good time so it won't affect our uh, momentum in the season. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, it, it's been a very, very good experience. The cost of living is a bit pricey uh, because you're in Paris, but you can find ways to to, to work around that if you, if you have some, like me, I had advantage of having family here, so I was able to find some good deals, but it's awesome, man. And my uh, uh, Cody Regis, my uh, American, my import player from the U.S. this year, uh, for example, he's been here since March, and his fiance came over, and they've seen eight countries yeah. since he's been here. So he says it's it's been priceless of the experience he's been had, and then on top of that, you get to do something that you love to do, that's play baseball. Yeah, exactly. So I always tell guys it's like a paid vacation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing, and it's sometimes it's hard to get. Uh, you know, sometimes guys get caught up in the vacation end of things, and then they're you know, on the field, uh, maybe they're not performing as well. But I, I do yeah. like your your philosophy as as an American coming over is, um, which is I think is bang on. Is you have to kind of come with an open mind and, and realize that it's yeah. a different culture, and you can't you can't um, jam. Our, our style of, of coaching down their throat you can't uh, you yeah. know they, they value their their family time and their holiday time here and they're a lot more relaxed like for example in Austria there's you know you start a new job and you have five weeks holidays minimum uh, yeah. in, in a yeah. year where you know I remember living back in Canada at a new job and you know uh, I was working 50 out of 52 weeks in the year and, and yeah. so living over here there's a lot of downtime they have a lot of uh, statutory holidays so it's the same thing in, in, in Austria and it's probably across all of Europe where you're right uh, you, and I think that you know allowing your players to 
to you know take a little break here and there and maybe right. miss a weekend if, if they need to to go do something with their family because a lot of these guys have families or girlfriends uh, yeah. or, or full-time jobs so I mean you know it, it's 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 something that you need to have an open mind to coming over as a coach you for sure you definitely do because these guys uh, a lot of these guys this is something they, they claim because they still love the game but at the, on the flip side they have a, a real job they have a family home Mm-hmm. And so my, my job is, what I try to do is make sure I, I communicate with my guys and, and I have a level of understanding uh, because I, I get it. I get it. I've been around for a while and I understand the importance of that family. And, and for me, I just built the atmosphere with the people. Uh, I want you to be here because you want to be here. You don't have to be here because you love the game. You love the, the, the camaraderie you build the team. And, and that alone, I feel like they have guys that make themselves more available than the norm because I, I don't want them to take time away from their family and, and not see themselves improving as a baseball player or not having fun. Yeah. And that's one of my team rules. That's number one on the list is have fun. I don't want these guys to come from a long day of work and come to and not have fun. And that's, that's something I keep in mind. It keeps me creative. It keeps me... Uh, Keeps me uplifted. I always, when they come, I'm I'm ready to teach and ready to have fun and show them show them what, what I know. Yeah, with the game of baseball. Yeah, it's a refreshing to hear that because uh, you know I, I know that there's a lot of like they they they're very passionate about baseball over here and and they take it very serious and and uh, but at the same time, um, you know it, it for them it's it's. You know, depending on, on the location where you where you end up playing, um, some clubs are a little more on the professional side, and some are a little more on the hobby side. But uh, yeah. but I think most of them are. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a hobby, and I think uh, uh, you know, I think that you need to come over with with that mentality. So perfect. That's yeah. that's great. I've I've really enjoyed this interview. And um, if you have any uh, last recommendations uh, for anyone that's considering coming over to, to Europe or to France in particular. Uh, can you, uh, yeah, maybe one last tip for, for anyone? Um, my last tip is uh, for guys that's, that's searching for opportunity in Europe or playing abroad, it's to go on your website, uh, Uh it's Actually, I've, I've I was on there, and I see a lot of uh, player profiles from teams we playing against. Mm-hmm. And with me having the experience I had and in the, uh, in, in, in the contacts I have in the U.S., I have a, more of a backdoor way. But still, uh, for guys that want to create a player profile, go on there because I see teams using. I've seen several guys on that have profiles on the uh, your website. Uh, find opportunities over here, so. Uh, don't be afraid, and and it's also no special for Americans that baseball is not just played in America. If you keep the, you keep getting the door slammed in your face in the U.S., try playing abroad, and you may enjoy yourself more. You never know. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Well, thanks for the plug there. I appreciate it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, can you just hang on at the end here? I'm just gonna uh, you know stop the stop the record but i'd like to just have a brief conversation at the end so thanks again uh, kieran for for the interview for your time and uh you know best of luck this upcoming weekend against the huskies i know you got your hands full there but uh looks like you got you got a good handle on your team and and i think uh 
I think your coaching philosophy has, is a, law, a large reason why your team kind of went from middle of the pack to the top of the league. So congrats on that and best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you having me, Dave. That wraps up episode number 39. Thanks, Kyron, for taking the time out of your day. And uh, also, I want to apologize for calling you Kieran, uh, which I did at the end of the episode there. Mixed you up with someone I know named Kieran. So anyway, uh, thanks again for, for all your feedback on French baseball, especially the, the insight on, on the visa and studying abroad and how that can lead to great opportunities such as yours. Of course, you need the baseball background to go along with it, but uh, many clubs will find you very valuable if you're already studying abroad on a visa and therefore saving them a lot of trouble. And, of course, the legal side of things about staying in the country past uh, what is normally a three-month limit when you're traveling uh, abroad to Europe or within the European Union. Actually, it's called the Schengen Zone, which uh, is a number. Most of the European Union countries are within the Schengen Zone, which allows you to stay for three months on your passport. I also really enjoyed your approach to coaching in Europe, and I thought you provided some great advice there with regards to their laid-back lifestyle and the fact that they're not professional players, most of them, and that they work nine to five and have families. And so, yeah, I really enjoyed listening to that. And I think that's what led to your, your success so far. And also, since I interviewed you, I know that you've gone on to coach uh, at the national level as a pitching coach alongside Eric Gagne, who's the head coach of the French national team. And most recently, you were in the European Championships with the national team. So congrats on that. And I think uh, you're just going to find continued success in the future. If you want to take your career overseas, then there's two ways to go about it. One is through using the website at internationalbaseballcommunity.com to create a free profile. Clubs come there to find their players often more and more and more clubs across Europe are using it and Australia. So that's one way to go about it. Of course, you need to be also proactive. All the information about clubs across the world are, are, is on the website. So you can go ahead and use that free aspect as well. And the blog and podcast at baseballjobsoverseas.com provides you with a lot of insight into the various leagues and how to go about it. So that's the free way. The paid way would be to hire our placement service, I have a few guys working on uh, as my placement team, and together we help you find a, a home, whether it's in Australia for the winter or Europe in the summer. We will connect you with clubs that come to us looking for players. We'll add you to a short list if your profile fits what they're looking for. You also have access to us uh, personally to advise you on the different leagues and how to go about positioning yourself and what to include in your profile. Uh, we answer your questions via email. We'll meet with you on Skype. So that service is also available. So go ahead and check that out on the website at internationalbaseballcommunity.com. Today, I'd like to give a shout out to Jazz Shergill, who is currently pitching for the Brisbane Bandits in the Australian Baseball League. Jazz was one of our placement service customers uh, a couple months ago, and we sent him to Australia to play in the State League uh, with the Redcliffe Padres and was almost immediately called up uh, to play in the Australian Baseball League for the Brisbane Bandits. Now, 21 innings later, he holds a record of 2-1 and one and an ERA of 2.57, so he's doing quite well. Uh, so good job, Jazz, and continue with it. And looking forward to seeing how everything turns out and getting you on the podcast after the season, which ends, I believe, towards the end of February. So just a quick side note and unique uh, 
aspect of this Jazz Shergill story is that Jazz was willing to pay his flight to Australia just to play baseball, was willing to work when he was there, and this opened up the possibility to be called up to the Australian Baseball League because he was not contractually obligated to the Redcliffe Padres, and therefore Jazz was called up. Uh, so I know that the Padres are also very you know, open to that and they realize that and a lot of the clubs in Australia are also like that. They require you to pay your flight over and often they you know, will set you up with a job but then at that point that opens up doors for you to move up. If you can put up some numbers in the state league then you're going to get recognized by the local Australian baseball league clubs. So that is just another route to go so something to think about. Just a quick reminder about the Mindwood Bat giveaway. Make sure you email in your answer to today's Mindwood Bat giveaway question, which is the fifth of six. Uh, so there's only one more to go. Uh, if today's the first time hearing about the Mindwood Bat giveaway, then go ahead and listen to the previous four podcast episodes where there is a question that is based on international baseball uh, that you would have to answer and submit via email to internationalbaseballcommunity at gmail.com with the subject heading. And yes, if you get six out of six right, then you get your uh, name in the draw for a free wood bat by Mine Wood Bats. Uh, there's, only, there's not a lot of guys that have entered in the draw so far, so the odds are pretty good that you could get your name drawn. So go ahead and start getting on that. Okay, that's enough for me. I've spoken too much, so I just want to ask you kindly to share this podcast episode. I want to have more listeners, and if you you know found this beneficial and you actually made it to the end of this lengthy podcast episode, then I'm pretty sure you appreciate it and you like it, so please show that in return. Send it out to your friends on Facebook. Take a moment. It only takes a second. It's only going to help the game of baseball grow globally. So thank you for that in advance. See you on the next episode, podcast episode number 40. Take care, everybody.